It's Monday, the 28th of August, coming to the end of the hottest month of the year. And boy, am I glad to see this cool front start to make its way through. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, got the coach Dan Spivey joining us here. The Lakeland Sports Guys coming to you from Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood, where they've got all kinds of great food. Today I had the pastrami, um, just, just something about it. I've had a taste for onions, caramelized onions and cheese and pastrami. And oh, it was good. You, you did good. good, buddy. Like I said, today is your Monday special size, the cheeseburger or cheeseburger yep. wrap, whichever one you want. That cheeseburger wrap and the spinach uh, stuff's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. And it's healthy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I get enough of that health stuff at home. Right. Uh, well, I knew you do. But <laughs> I was say, it doesn't leak on you like it does at the pool hall. Anyway. That's true. Those are really good. Those are awesome oh, burgers. <laughs> those are awesome burgers. Glad to have you with us. Uh, it is Monday. We're going to go ahead. We'll review some of the games that took place. Uh, of course, the game that we were at, we'll tell you exactly what happened at Greenwood. You've got kind of a, you know idea, I guess, by seeing what was in the paper and what you've heard around town. Well, we'll give you a uh, firsthand uh, view of what we saw that happened during the Greenwood. Wood Sandy Creek game and um, that all coming up here in just a few but first let's talk a little bit about what's going on in college because there's a lot of things that happened college season got underway this week uh, you and I both watched Sam Hartman and Notre Dame yeah. just absolutely destroy Navy in the process and um, it's hard to get an idea of what uh, Notre Dame is going to be like of course Sam Hartman is a great acquisition that they got at quarterback and he looked fantastic I mean he looked like a Heisman candidate for the most part. Navy, on the other hand, was a little small. Well, let's just say they were definitely smaller, a little outmanned, I would say, uh, in this ball game. But, you know, Notre Dame's going to be there, uh, you know, come, come the uh, ACC and when they get in some of these other games, and particularly with the college football playoffs, they'll definitely be, I think, with the addition of Sam Hartman, uh, one of the teams to look forward to. It's been several years. You know, they're always one of the preseason Love, love dolls or whatever you want to call Notre Dame, but I think this year they earn it. I think this year is a good time for them. Hartman adds to it. That's the one link they haven't had. They haven't had that really good quarterback um, play. Defensively, they're usually pretty well, do play pretty well. I think they're going to be fine defensively again. Uh, it's just yeah, I think, but it's hard to say against Navy. Uh, Navy just, yeah, you got a new coach at Navy and, yeah. and Newberry, and so uh, – you don't know what you're going to get yet with them, but, you know, if it's anything like some of the other things they got going on, I, mean, I think they'll be fine. Got Greenwood's finest making their way up. Okay. <laughs> Greenwood Fire Department, glad to have those guys. they got a big retirement party going yeah. on upstairs. So. They'll sit stand back down. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Newberry's going to be a really good coach. He was defense coordinator under um, – I can't say his name. The Navy coach that mm-hmm. left. Um, never got to understand on what the dealing was with why he left Navy. Was it win-loss record? Well, they just didn't renew their, his contract. But it surely so. couldn't have been like win-loss because that guy, <laughs> every game Navy played, they left it on the field no matter who they played. And so that's what I want to see from Notre Dame. I've never been a, a big Brian Kelly kind of guy. Um, but I think this is the team that he, he's got receivers. He's got – what's the guy's name? I kept saying, what are they saying? I thought his name was Estimate, but it's Estime mm-hmm. as the running back. Really good game for him. He had 100 yards rushing, but and I had the stats somewhere. Hartman had a huge game. He had over He had 251 yeah. and four touchdown passes, and estimate had 95 and a touchdown. Um, and, of course, now I agree with exactly what you said because Heisman candidates so far coming in, you had Cam Rising, who will play Thursday against Florida. You had Caleb Williams, who had – I'm trying to say many touchdowns. Four touchdowns, uh, 278 passing. Uh, it was not – 
was only 60% passing in that game. So the one Heisman candidate won last year didn't play as well as Hartman did. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, this weekend, I've already told you, this is the battle of Heisman candidates for me because it's Drake May, who I really think is yeah. legit. And then we got Spencer Rads. And, well, and that game, too, we'll talk more about it on, yeah, on, on Thursday. Thursday. But, you know, I mentioned the fact that both of them have new offensive coordinators that haven't been in one place longer than two years. I mean, they both of them have, uh, over 12-year periods, they've, they have moved constantly every year or two. In the process, so they really haven't established themselves as legitimate, you know, OCs in all of this. Um, now, granted, you know, Leggings has got uh, what a lot of NFL experience to mm-hmm. go along with all of that. Whereas um, I think it's Light uh, Lindsey over at uh, North Carolina yeah, that uh, most of his is um, through high school ranks, and then uh, what they did up up in the Big Ten. So. Yeah, he's he's a Big Ten. Like you say, a lot of high school. Um, and that's the thing that I don't – I've never really been – that's one thing I will say about Beamer. He he doesn't mind going that route because they've seen everything there is in the game to see from high school, college to that. And then, like I said, we'll get into that one more and more. But um, I, I'm still saying right now, and we haven't started a year yet, if I had to choose between Riley or Loggins, I'm taking Garrett Riley. The thing is, Garrett <laughs> Riley will not be at Clemson more than two or three years, but that is the new college football. Welcome to it. I don't like – you know, you don't like poor. What don't you like about it, Tom? Guy, be honest. He's not a Porter guy. I'm not an NL guy. You got to have something. <laughs> well, I get to change my view after the next six months. So, come yeah. December, I am done with all my uh, money going to Clemson. So, we'll see how it goes and where I go from there. But, uh, <laughs> but for the most part, uh, I gotta agree with both of y'all. I I am tired of of. Uh, of the transfer portal for the most part. And that, that's something else with Carolina that worries me is you just got all these hot freshmen that you've recruited over the last two years, yet the majority, only six of them are starting, but well, not starting, but are in backup roles to all the transfers that you have brought in. So, I mean, that's something we can talk about on Thursday. You still got the one ball. And like I said, it's, it's, it's not working in Georgia. So I'll just say, Coach, don't follow that scheme because uh, they got 75 quarterbacks in one ball. Mm-hmm. Now, they have receivers, running backs. Uh, they And that was a tough loss for Georgia. That running back is going to be a tough loss for them. Branson Robinson, mm-hmm. he was a really good player, paid his dues. You hate to see that for that kid like that. But, um, like I said, it's we're going to be good. Like I said, I'm really interested in the Kieran Jordan, and we'll talk Thursday uh, at running back. So, I think he's there again. He's, he's, he's a Chris Cox player. You want to talk about a Chris Cox player, the Kieran Jordan, these guys that stick around, Grayson McCall. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize it, but Stan may know this. Grayson McCall had actually looked at going to Notre Dame before they saw Sam Hartman's brother. The twin brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said, that'd be cool if Sam Hartman went here. And the coach heard about it, made the call to Sam Hartman. He's like, what? Oh, I forgot my brother goes in, that, <laughs> goes in Notre Dame. Now, his brother is in what? Your wife would know what the terminology was for this one in the medical field. He's in the medical field somewhere. But they saw him walking on the Notre Dame campus, and they said, Sam Hartman, what are you doing here? And he's like, that's my brother. I'm not Sam. <laughs> yeah. And Sam Hartman forgot and, about and, it. Yeah, he forgot about it. And they said, wouldn't it be cool if if, if my if your brother did come here to play? And next thing you know, he's there. Yeah, his medical terminology, it deals with what I don't have. Your, <laughs> his brain doctor or whatever, so I'm out on that one. But, um, yeah, that's just a cool story that they shared. Um, and I, you know what? I've never been an ACC-style guy as far as reporters and stuff go, but they did a fairly good job. So with ESPN kicking everybody out of it, you know, the big guys at ESPN, Pollock and the rest of them, these other ones, NBC, ABC, you know, NBC, they're going to pick up 
you know, a lot of guys to do the games too. And I was impressed with the NBC telecast of that game because I'm not really a big guy for the – I'm not a Notre Dame guy, let's just say yeah. that. But Hartman makes it a team I will pull for. And then uh, the other game that was on that you and I end up watching was South Carolina State taking on Jackson State. And Jackson State, for the most part, uh, it was a lot like Greenwood <laughs> and Sandy Creek. You can't teach speed. And that's exactly what Jackson State had. And, uh, you know, I know Buddy Pugh announced that he was going to go through his retirement year here this year and hopefully a chance to build him up. But I think South Carolina State learned a lot. They're going to be fine. How classy is Buddy Pugh, though? Yeah. He walked straight over to DeAndre Placement, Coach Taylor. That was a fun, that was a cool story on how he got the job and how he found out about it. But he walks over to him and he says, look, you could have gave me this because I'm retiring. <laughs> he said, well, look, he said, one thing I want to share upon you is the fact that I sat how many years behind Buddy Jeff? I mean, uh, Coach Jeffries, Willie Jeffries, mm-hmm. at State before I became a head coach. He said I was an assistant at Carolina. At South Carolina, he says, pay your dues. And you're going to be great. You're going to be fine. So I think that was a cool story to say to a guy. And, and like he says, he never thought of himself as a uh, disciple of, of Coach Prime. But uh, maybe he is, maybe he's not. But uh, <laughs> Well, it goes to show you what kind of athletes Prime had brought in down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And what he and, took and, with him. And, what, and that's, well, <clears throat> it's not, it's what he brought in, but what was left behind for this guy to work with. Well, he basically had and, to get, he had to rebuild. Yeah. I mean, he had to go portal to get what yeah. Prime took. So, yeah. right. I, and I was impressed. He's got some psychological kids on that team. Yeah. It's still, I, I still, and, you know, to be a HBC, I don't know a lot of the rules about that. That's what Vibrate does. Not only we got a leak over, it's also about to shade the table. Um, there, for it to be an HBC or whatever you want to call it, there are a lot of white coaches and players on these teams. And I know it's just historically, but – I mean, it, it's not like we're trying to just let it be all black and black and white guys or black guys on that one field because, you know, the kicker – I had a cousin that kicked for South Carolina State years ago. The new OC at, at, for Buddy Pugh, the, what happened to G.A. Mangus? Because he was the OC. Uh, I think he went to college. I mean, went to a high school somewhere. But, the, you know, the guy they brought in out of West Virginia, you know, he, you know he's mocked up. Well, I don't know, I'm a little bit darker than his. But I, it's, just, it's just like every – when they do a game – you know, you had a, the black lady was doing a game. P.J. Walker, Ole Miss, was doing a game, another black. And they want to make everything about historically black. But when you look at the field, coaches, players, and cheerleaders are not all historically black, <laughs> um, which is great. I mean, I, you know, Orangeburg sends a lot of students yeah. to that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are different races and stuff like that. But all in all, I was disappointed in the outcome of the game, but you're right. that the I couldn't get the one stat that I couldn't find was – they kept talking about the defense that held South Carolina State to how many yards? I couldn't remember. I know they only had the one touchdown. Yeah. And like I told you, that was Corey Fields from Hollywood, South Carolina, which is Baptist Hill High School. But um, that was just surprising. But I don't even think they had, but like maybe eight first downs, maybe at Something most. Like but like I said, I was glad to see Buford on the field for both teams. You had the kid, uh, the running back, Mulligan. Which he didn't need Mulligans, as they kept referring to. Um, he was on Devontae Holloman's team at Buford. Casey Fields is on South Carolina State's team from Lyburn's team from last year, state champion. So you had a bunch of Buford kids. Gray had a running back. A um, lot, a lot of, lot of, yeah, a lot of sound, South Carolina guys sound. on both teams. Yeah, so that's always good to see. Good deal. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but moving on, South Carolina has announced uh, the. 
too deep roster that <laughs> is out. It came out, uh, what, roughly around noontime, 11.30 noontime, somewhere around there, um, for the Gamecocks, the depth chart for this season for the most part. That is there. You got a chance to look at it. Did you see anything that surprised you? I I really didn't look over that well, and then I had a bunch of people hit me because I put on our page. Because yeah. you know, and maybe that's why anything that I have an opinion about, I'm gonna start putting online because I don't I want it to know. That's why a lot of times you'll say it'll say Lakeland Sports guys, and I put Chris at the bottom because mm-hmm. it's me. Um, and the the one the one guy says, well, I can't even say what he said. He said I really thought that guy was starting. What's going on? And I was like, Bo, I just shared it. I did not make this group out. <laughs> this is the one for Coach Beamer and the rest of his coaching staff. But you know. Tom, all in all, I mean, unless you're a coach there, I mean, you and I can't go down. The one thing that you attend a lot more agreement practices and seven on sevens than I certainly do, but those are the guys that have to have to really stick with it. And I mean, I haven't even looked at the backup running backs to be honest with you. I know we got a ton of them. Um, we got a lot of receivers. Well, Juju's going to be the backup to Daquan. So, well, to me, it should be Juju starting and letting. Yeah. And Karen wouldn't <laughs> care. I mean, he he's a. I would love to see the Karen Jordan stay slot. And if we need him at running back, we know we can use him there. Juju, I mean, that's your guy. I mean, he's going to be the guy. So, the the biggest thing for me is what you see at at offensive tackle because you got both Jackson Hughes and mm-hmm. Tyson Wanamaker, um, who played a big impact last year. You, you know, being challenged by the uh, Western Illinois uh, transfer in Sidney Fuger and, Car- mm-hmm. and Carson Henry. I mean, that to me, those those were the guys last year. Now they're being pushed. There was a surprise. I want you to see if it's there, though. The kid we just picked up, the defensive end. I know he's a backup, but I think he moved up to, like, second behind whoever he came in, by, I mean, with anyway. I can't remember the guy's name from – Nick- Barrett or TJ yeah, last week it was last week yeah he's a, yeah. and I think he's moved into this list and I was like wow he's only been there a week so he's he must be pretty impressive uh, of course you know special teams were good there um, I, I would like to see who our kicker next kicker to be and, and all is going to be that's kind of you kind of wish you had a JV team so you could these <laughs> kick you get some experience and stuff but um, and get some playing time but um, there was a cornerback that I was surprised that actually made it because I saw the guy that he unseated for the starting position was a three-year starter at cornerback. So we'll have another cornerback that was in with Rush last year, our defensive back. Uh, we got another kid that's moved up from sophomore, and the junior's going to move back down and be his backup now. So you can pick and choose all you want on this team. I just don't uh, – I guess the big surprise for me was – and I'm not going to be careful how I say this because I want it to be said the way I want to say it. I was surprised Luke Dottie is the backup quarterback to Rattler. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you why I'm not. Because we know Rattler's a Beamer guy. I wanted to see Lenore Sellers be the backup because I wanted heat and pressure put on Spencer Rattler. But if it was, we know what would happen. He's going to take his ball and go somewhere else. That's why I wanted Sellers to be the backup. And the only reason, that's selfish, but that's what I wanted to see. He's not going to get the push from Luke Dottie, I don't think. And I don't think that's what Luke, did, Luke Dottie's job is going to be. But if, if Sellers is the, the second best player you got, you got to put him at second. You got to. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see Sellers play more than you do Dottie. I, Stan, I, I don't know. I think because if you see Sellers play, I, I'm telling you. I, because here's the problem I have with, with Spencer. I saw him play last year, and I saw two different Spencer Rattlers. I saw a first part of Rattler, and I saw the last three or four games of the season when he looked like Tom Brady uh, or whatnot. Let's just use him as an example. I think Sellers can be that guy. 
And I, he's not one that's used to sitting on that pine. So, you know, he's going to be the one holding that chart book. And then you're going to see him get closer to Beamer. <laughs> and he's going to move right. I mean, Dodie around and say, you stand right here. Look, Coach, this is what the progression is. And he just, you know, I think he is a guy that's going to challenge for the job. Um, and, and it could be a really good competition next year if Beamer, I mean, if Rowler stays. And we'll see what ends up happening. I think you were talking yeah. about Terrell Dawkins at that That's, defensive end yes, spot. Yeah, yeah. you got it. So he's in a three-way race right now. Uh, yeah, nobody's been announced as a starter. So well, as Stan will tell or, you, or, being or. Gamecocks, we'll be using everybody we got in that back secondary. I can tell you that because yeah. you don't lose a guy like Rush and you don't lose uh, – who was the other one, Stan, that we lost uh, to the NFL? I see his, it's, I see yeah, his face. I can see it, but I can't see it. <laughs> you, don't lose, uh, you don't lose those without bringing up the guys in that, that well, secondary. that's one of the stronger positions on the team that, uh, is, you know, for a while we've, we've been known as DBU. So, um, next guy up Fair. kind of mentality. Mentality, man. But I love that mentality. I just, like I said, you sell – and that's the one thing that – I'm in between Beamer. I mean, like I said, I'm not on or off the train, whatever you want to call it, but – some places you see next man up mentality. Next one, the next man up sitting down because it's not, we're not even across the board. And I want to see if it's going to be like, this is his team. It's not mine. He's going to put, I guess, his guys where he wants to play them and everything else. But in the end, if it falls and it doesn't work, then it's on one guy that's on Shane Beamer. And he'll accept that. He's that kind of coach like, you know, Chris. He's like, I made a bonehead call. I made, you know, doing this and that. And they're going to tweak these lineups. I can promise you. From week one to week two, you're going to see some major tweaks because you're going from North Carolina to Georgia, getting ready for that game. So you're going to see some major tweaks. Uh, Rattler comes out and throws two or three picks. Doty has to go in the game, and then you might see that progression in one week to where Sellers moves up to a backup. I don't know how you're going to do it. I mean, like I said, I like the best guy playing. And I, <laughs> what Shaft's going to tell me here, best guy's playing. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk more about it on Thursday with Clemson and Carolina more in depth, uh, as well as our previews for Friday night that are going to be coming up. But, uh, you know, we, we do want to start the football previews. And, of course, we're going to start here roughly in our own backyard. Uh, Erskine University, Erskine College, however you want to say it. Uh, Shaft Boyd has been there five years now. I think it is. Um, and uh, part of the pigskin uh, preview show that is going on or the uh, Palmetto Pigskin Tour that our good buddy uh, Phil Kornblut is making his way through the state. Matter of fact, he had um, Coastal Carolina on uh, this past Friday. But he did on Thursday. He had the Erskine Flying Fleet um, and Shap Boyd uh, as they're getting ready. They won their first two games last year. Remember, yeah. we thought, wow, things are starting to turn around. And then they ended up losing uh, the last nine <laughs> in the process of it. But uh, you know, part of that South Atlantic Conference, that is there. So, you know, they've got a lot of work to do and a lot of things that they're going to have to end up making improvements on. And uh, Phil had a chance to catch up with him. We're going to play a couple of minutes of that. Here's Shap Boyd the uh, head football coach for Erskine, along with Phil Kornblut. Coach Shap Boyd joining us here on Sports Talk. Uh, first of all, it's great to see you once again and to have you with us here on the program. It's awesome to be back. I'm just trying to I – mean, you said five years. I'm trying to th- – <laughs> in my mind, it's the third fall, and uh, then we had a spring. So, But, yeah, we were here, I guess, a year before we even did anything. So, yeah. yeah, yeah and you had, that, you had that COVID interruption and all that hit you right at the start. <clears throat> Yeah, COVID. Who yeah. thought? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk about your practices to this point. How things have gone? How you see this team uh, team starting to come together? Practices have been good. Um, you know, for us, it's always a, a meshing and a melding of 
um, lots of new faces. And, uh, you know, we graduated this past year, we graduated 35 kids between May and May. Um, so kids that were in the program for a couple of years that you thought were going to be juniors and seniors or you were getting ready to be juniors and seniors, but essentially had already done all their academics, they're out, they're all playing ball around the country, doing what, doing what it is they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we, have a, we have a lot of new faces, you know, that we're looking at. Um, it's been a evaluation period um, most surely and uh but that's pretty much been that you know kind of been that way since we've been here too so um it's a process that we go through virtually every year at this time and and we're kind of working through it and we'll have our last little deal tomorrow night and um and then we'll start preparing for uh for allen what's it look like on offense for you quarterback situation uh who you got emerging there you know (laughs) the quarterback situation you've got uh Three guys really that are um, the guys that were here, or you know, we, we have a two guys that were here in the last year. You had, um, you know, Mr. Parker and uh, Mr. Hill ended up joining us in, uh, um, I guess, they, in the spring, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have uh, kind of a name from the past that, that some some folks might remember. Craig Pender has returned, and uh, that's kind of a bonus for you. So you know, and he's someone that's played a lot of ball games. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, if you could have played a lot of ball games for us, yeah. he's played you know more games and and played quarterback in more games than anybody else we've had. So, um, and then he and he and he brought his his younger brother with him. So, uh, so now there's two penders. So, but uh, so you know, got those three guys. And to be honest with you, you know, they're they're all kind of working through the process right now. So, but I think we're we're deeper at, at that position than what we've ever been. Um, you know, there's been times where you, 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 you thought if you, if you, something happened to the first guy, you didn't know what you're doing for, for two, three, whereas I think that's not necessarily the case anymore. I mean, we've, we've got guys that are capable. And, uh, so anyway, I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing how they grow and how they develop. What are you going to do on offense this year? Did you change some things up with, uh, coordinator and uh and some concepts on the offensive side really we kind of that, that happened last year and um uh, and we've been evolving ever since mm-hmm. um i think that uh you know at, at first i think we we were trying to be or thought we could be um really that at art briles um ucf go fast mm-hmm. spread it you know maximum split spread it out I, you know i think that was the hopes with when we started with uh, the previous coordinator, and I think that's kind of – we've kind of evolved away from that. Um, you know, I think we were essentially living with a pocket passer, and I don't think that that was something that was um, going to work for us going forward. We needed somebody with a little bit more mobility, someone that could, could get out of trouble when they needed to. And uh, so that's kind of where we've, we've taken our recruiting in, in, the, in the years since those first couple of years, I guess. Do you want to be um, like – you know, last year you averaged about 66 running yards per game. Uh, do you expect to be better running the football? Was that kind of a an emphasis here in the in the camp? So, um, most definitely, we want to be able to run the ball, and we need to be able to run the ball for more than 66 yards a game. So yeah, that's going to be a big uh, big deal. For How us. about up front? You feel improvement up there on the offensive line? We've been gradually improving year to year, and this year is no different. But uh, we're growing some kids up in the program. Mm-hmm. We have a couple other kids that have come in, and uh, most certainly we feel like we're moving that that needle's definitely moving in the right direction. There, there's there's more girth up there than what we've had in the past, and uh, 
So, you know, we're, we're, we feel good about that. Um, and we'll see. But, again, I, we're, we're, there are some, some grown kids growing up in the program as well. But it's, it's going to be a good mixture this year, I think. You know, All right. So there you have a little bit of the uh, talk uh, with Phil Kornblut on Sports Talk. You can go to sportstalksc.com and you can scroll down and hear the rest of it that is there. But he'll talk a little bit more about the defense and special teams that he's got uh, along with all that. And if you really, really are curious as to uh, what is going to be happening with the Flying Fleet, well, then you need to start tuning in tonight um, because the Sports Break Flying Fleet Football Coaches Show, boy, say that three times real fast, <laughs> gets underway starting tonight and will run through November the 13th. Your host is going to be Benji Gleason on WZLA 92.9 FM. That's uh, located there out of Abbeville. But 7 to 8 o'clock tonight, it's going to be a lot of fun listening to what he has to say. And, and it's going to be, I mean, it's game week for him. He's going to yeah. be talking about his game game plan what's going on uh you know what that's that's a good combination Shep and Benji they 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 kind of like that they mold together really well I'm more interested to see if he's gonna be the whole topic like I wouldn't be able to if I had my high school team had just done what his did but here's some players to look for I, I looked it up because I knew both Penders because they're from Big Barnwell as they call it um yeah you had Clay Pond Pender and then they call his little brother Trey um so they're your quarterbacks but the kid that he's talking about they, they got a kid from Tippin University that's in Columbus, Ohio, that started at the Ohio State. Not starter, but he that's where he went. He was hoping to play there. His name is Kayvon Parker, and he is a workload from what I hear. And, of course, I mean, he's not a big guy. He's 5'10", 175. That's not big for a running back, but – then you got Cato coming from Blythewood. I mean, you, there's a, some really – there's a Gleason from Indian Land. Could be some Ken Benji. I don't know. <laughs> but um, Zacoyas Elmore. You remember him mm-hmm. from Greenwood. So, I mean, you got a lot of local guys on this team. I, I love the fact of what he was talking about because, you know, it's a question I posed to you a bunch of times. Your first year, your first class you ever brought in is graduated, and some of them never played. They, they got through school, and it was a good deal. And, I mean, they graduated from Erskine and never got a chance to play it down. That's tough for a coach to, you know, bring a kid in like that. I mean, but he answered it really well, and, I mean – that, it's what you want. I mean, I didn't realize that we called that an Art Brow style offense that he had last year because poor Pender stayed on his tail the whole time. So now what I'm hoping we're going to see, Stan, is the fact that what do we always say? Run the ball. Run the ball. That's the central this year. And that's where I think Kayvon Parker can be that guy. And defensively, uh, they've gotten better each year, I thought, defensively. Um, still, the big play is susceptible, but that's to any college right now. This early first game is Allen, isn't that right? They are taking on Allen, and that's, and, uh, that's in Columbia. In Columbia, and yeah. I mean that's a game that you can mark on it because you know what? Two years, three years ago, that guy re- re- kind of resurrected that program. That the new coach there did as well. That's a game that you technically can go down there. You don't have a long travel. Mm-hmm. It's a great, it's a good environment to play in. It now it is Columbia, South Carolina, and it is hot. But, um, I mean, it's, up, it's hot up there at D-West, too. But, I mean, that's a game I think they can win, and that's key. If they can come out and beat Allen that first game, when they get conference play, there's no telling what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, or what they will do. So, I think it's exciting on both ends, the fact that they're getting started. It, he's more enthusiastic this year. You hear it in his voice. He's more. It's the start of a new season. And I'm I thinking, mean, no, I, ready to I'm go. thinking he heard me, and I'm like, you know, because I asked you all about the hot seat. And, but it wasn't me. It was Stan Olenek. I went back and looked. It was Stan that said he's on a hot seat. So you get him, coach. Don't get me. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, it'll be interesting to see because he, Stan, he did make the moves. He made the moves that he felt like he needed to make. 
in order to be more competitive. And that's not an easy thing to do either. If you're a head coach having to get rid of a buddy that you may have had for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and, and because they're not – I mean, they're just not executing the way you want to do it, that's tough. And like I said, he changed it two years ago, and hopefully he's ready to go. We'll see what happens. Five days, three hours, and 44 minutes. <laughs> oh, kick oh, you got that countdown for uh, Erskine uh, to get underway in their next game. They, they're on the road for the first three games. I mean, they're at Allen and Columbia. They got shortered over in Rome, Georgia, which is going to be hotter than Blazes. And you got Lenore Ryan up in Hickory for your first three games are away. So. At the Lenore, that's a, it's going to be. Now, wait a minute. You told me you were in pajamas this weekend because your wife's going out down. Sounds like to me, with the <laughs> countdown, you might be planning a trip to Allen. Uh, well, let's, let's, that's a good possibility. I mean, uh, it is a 7 p.m. game. So, oh, yeah. You know, they're playing. Saturday we're used night. to those, 7 30. Yeah, yeah. We're used to those afternoon, late afternoon games. So. Will the bright lights uh, from Bank of America Stadium be bleeding all the way down no, to Columbia? But- Stan, how is it at, like in Allen when there is a home game in Columbia? I'll bet yeah. that whole you, there's a, you don't even need street lights for that. <laughs> and then they start those light the show starts and everything. You could be they could have no lights on the, over at Allen and they can still play the football game from just from what's coming from <laughs> Willie Bean. But yeah, it'll be a good time. Like I said, the, the the afternoon, late afternoon night games are always better for some of us. The ride back's not always great, but um, I, I'm excited this year. I think this team could do a lot, and I'll be listening to Benji tonight. And uh, see what see what he's got going. Maybe he'll throw us a couple rolls out about what he's got planned. But I doubt it. Benji Benji's not going to push that button. <laughs> We'll see where it goes. All right. Uh, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. A cooler weather. You can see the you know, breeze is blowing. It's been nice today uh, with the cooler weather that's made its way through. And so we hope you get a chance to come on out and enjoy some of the great food here at Howard's on Main. Uh, not only uh, do they have great food, they've got a very friendly staff, and they're more they, – they kept my water full the entire lunch period. Now, they're doing – other things upstairs with the catering process that they've got, but they are still managing to keep everybody here uh, happy in the process to go along with it. Yeah, I think you're saying you get somebody's retiring yeah. from Premier Group. Yeah. You want to give them, give them a shout out real quick? Yeah, uh, Scott Savank is retiring from the city of Greenwood Fire Department today, his last day. Uh, and as some of you may, the name may sound familiar, his son Gage, who mm-hmm. is upstairs and I talked with him. Uh, Played at Clemson, and uh, I think he graduated in 19, somewhere around in there. The last national championship game they played in against LSU. So, 16. 16. Um, He's graduated. He is now coaching at that little school up there. They call Daniel High School. Mm -hmm. He's he's on staff up there, so. Gage looks well. He's still a big human being. I I, I threw him a quick glance over that yeah. way. But, yeah, it's good, and it was good to see him. To hear, though, that he's gone back to the roots and he's gotten into coaching, yeah. I know that, you know, the past couple of times that I had, had messaged with his dad about there was still a hope of getting making that getting that call again later on. Um, I think your, your Bears let him down, man. I think he really got his heart broke by the Bears. And so uh, they do that to a lot of people. But, yeah, it's great that he's in coaching. I think that's awesome. And, I mean, that's something that he can give back to the kids, and that's something I think he'll love doing. And, and like I said, we may have a spot for him down the road talking about Daniel because they're not going anywhere for sure. They're, they're going to be that high school to worry about. They have made an impression uh, with the preseason rankings coming out and said, you don't put us third. <laughs> They've come out and dominated. Well, and, so. and I was talking to Gage, and I said, well, we, we would like to get you downstairs and, and get you on the podcast, but I know you got better things to do up here with your dad. But <laughs> And his mama spoke up. 
<laughs> and Dottie said, I'll be more than happy to come down there and talk to y'all. <laughs> and we got plenty of chairs here now, uh, for sure. So. But they've got a lot going on family. up there, so. Yep. So, uh, getting into high school, uh, we know Emerald was off this past Friday in the process of all that. Now, they do have a tough opponent uh, coming up this Friday. They're going down to Hampton County, which is in Varnville, South Carolina, is where they're heading. Yeah, you call it. Yeah, you can call it Varnville. So, yeah, official address, 115 Airport Road, Varnville, South Carolina. If you need directions uh, that are there, you can just type that in. Of course, they do have it at emeraldathletics.com. You can get all the details that are there. But... Uh, in the process of all that, the tickets, they will have tickets at the gate. Best thing to do, though, is go to Hometown Ticketing and go ahead and order your tickets online. So all you have to do is show your phone and get right through. It'll make things go a lot faster down there. Remember, clear bank policy, that is going to be enforced um, That's the, as well. So make sure you've got that. And then spectator expectations. They went ahead and basically laid it out. No loitering, standing. Uh, along walkways, guests must may remain in the stands unless moving to concessions or the restroom. Uh, pretty much the same thing that we have here at District 50 yeah. is there. And a lot of that, you saw a lot of school districts start implementing a lot of this that we did last year because of what happened up in Darlington this past Friday night. You hate to see it. And also take your off with you if you're going down there. Because I'm going to tell you something, mosquitoes and gnats down there are huge. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know exactly. They have to build a new stadium that I don't know. I know they play at Wade Hampton. High school, which is Hampton County, but mm-hmm. you know they've combined with Estel, so now you're going. They're going to have a new stadium somewhere, maybe toward Estel. But that stadium reminds me a lot of like Regal, kind of. Yeah. Oh. It's right off the main road. It's an old, and that's where they're talking about the Lordering and stuff. You better get out. But I don't know if you got a chance to look. They played their rival this weekend, and they beat the brakes off Allendale Fairfax. So they're they're ready for him to make the trip down. And like I, I think I said going into the preseason week, this might be the toughest game they played this year. Because this, this Hampton team is slap-loaded with players. I mean, they're good. Well, the combination of the two high schools. Well, they're going to be yeah, – Maybe three here next year. So. And and you may be right because all it's going to take is like an Allendale-Fairfax saying, you know, why not join Estel and and um, Ham- I mean, Wade Hampton of Hampton mm-hmm. in Barnville um, and combine it and, like you say, go to a four. Yeah. Maybe well, – I mean, now, you could possibly – because there's another one – What's the school on down that you could almost combine and you would just say, hey, boom. I mean, because like, all those towns are so close together. But I mean, it's a game. I'm not going to say Amor can't win this game, but this is one they got to play with no errors, like, no yeah. interceptions, no turnovers. It's a perfectly executed game. And if you do that, I mean, you might can pull an upset. And this would be the one to do it because they don't know you down there. Yeah. They played you – the last time they played was up here, I think. Right. I know they've been there one time, but <laughs> – well, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we'll have comments from Tad DeBose, the head coach of the Emerald Vikings, coming up on Thursday's show. So make sure to tune in there. We'll give you details uh, on what he thinks Hampton County looks like and what they did during the off week. Um, I'm sure he went home, played with Bo for a while, got to enjoy uh, the weekend to go along with that. So The thing was I really – I would have rather have had a game Friday because, you know, the way you lose – the way that that game ended – um, those guys are ready to get back. And I know the guy, they got to the field hard. I know that. But I know they were ready to take it out on somebody other than themselves. And had they played Hampton last week? I don't know, man. Maybe, yeah. I'm not saying it would have been a different outcome, but, I mean, I, they they got to be ready to play. And it's going to take a perfect game from Key Holloway. 
and little Foster and the rest of that crowd because we can just sit here and go through the whole list of the players. But um, so members now stand. We're going on some of these road trips with these coaches now. He ain't gonna let me talk to them, but I'm gonna sit out there and listen to them. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, here's a quick rundown of the scores this past Friday night. Greenwood lost to Sandy Creek 41 to seven. Clinton 49. Lawrence seven. Abbeville came back from behind. Well, this one's gonna be fun to talk about, guys. 35-34, the final in favor of the Panthers. Where Shoals kept it a game till halftime, and they end up falling to 96-54 to 18. Ridge Springs Mineta 18. Saluda Tigers 55. Uh, Dixie had a hard time with Crescent 58 to 7. The final there. McCormick took on Lincolnton or Lincoln County. 49-6, the final. Uh, Thornwell at Calhoun Falls. The Flashes pick up a big win, 13 um, or 42-13. to 13. And then Northside Christian Academy defeated uh, Greenwood Christian, the second game that went into overtime uh, this past weekend, 18-17, the final being there. So uh, kind of a rundown briefly of what went on. But, of course, the big game, uh, we got done with our game, and we <laughs> – you guys came in. We didn't know where you were. You guys yeah. came in from the car. You were listening in. So we got to hear not only the last touchdown where they tied it up, but then to go ahead uh, with the two-point conversion and the excitement. And I tell you what, Wayne Stevens, I wish I could play it for you. I, and I asked Benji if we could, but it wasn't up on the site as of yet. So maybe on Thursday I'll get the opportunity to do it. But Wayne Stevens went absolutely nuts. That All you really need, Tom, is that last 20, 30 seconds of what Wayne. Panthers win. I Panthers love the win. fact, Wayne, and I'll just tell you, man, I, I had, for some reason in my mind, I thought he said he was going to retire and let Bobby Hamby have it, but I don't blame him. Don't ever give it up. But he said, when I started this game, I was 95. He said, I'm 115 now. I'm talking, <laughs> talking about age-wise. Um, let me tell you something. Though. You know, we, you and I have had a long discussion today about max preps and everything, about us not having a score from Greenwood that actually puts the scores in. They don't have it for anywhere in the in the Lakelands. Nobody's doing that for any of the schools in the Lakelands. But the scores are getting up. But the video was uploaded by somebody from Abbeville. So whoever you may be, the anonymous uploader, they need you. Because like I said, you had play-by-play and you had the scoring drives and everything like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, after every possession, we do it during the post game. All you got to do is just call them. To, they'll pay you to do this, bro. I'm telling you, if you send them that video um, – You'll be able to see it. But the second thing that I showed you today that was on match prep that's even more amazing to me is the Whittington kid is on match prep with the most receiving yards so far this year. On match preps now, we're not talking about Bishop Gorman. We're not talking about Buford, Georgia. We're talking about Greenwood Christian. So, Owen, keep it going. We know you. You know your quarterback's going to be good with you, Mr. Heaton. Are they going to run the ball? This is an exciting football team. Maybe our off week or whatever. I don't know where where they are that week. Maybe that's one of the games we look at uh, when we are on our on our break, so to speak. But I, that's amazing because, like you said, you know you want to see Greenwood or you see Norman from Abbeville make this list, but you see Owen Winnington from Greenwood Christian on Max Prep. So if you haven't seen it, go take. I got a picture of it. I'm gonna put it up on Facebook. Right, put it up. And I go from there, but that's uh, just awesome. They're going to win one of these games eventually. I'm telling you, they're going to win one eventually. Uh, Coach Rooney will have them geared up and ready to go for this Friday night. But what amazed me for Abbeville in, in this overtime win was the fact they were down 27-3 to at halftime. And it was a tale of two halves. Powdersville dominated the first half. They scored in every possession that was there. They were non-existent in the second half. As a matter of fact, they had three turnovers. Uh, Abbeville calls three turnovers in the second half in order to come back with that. That's the biggest difference maker in the ballgame. And that's where you wonder what Coach Nick said to those players in that locker room at halftime to get them fired up and to come out there. And he knew 
that they weren't playing Abbeville football. And he I, he challenged every one of those players on that team, I'd be willing to bet you, to come out and let's play just – let's just play Abbeville football and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And what happened was they came from 21 down and as – Mr. Stevens said, you know, this is the greatest comeback he's ever witnessed in <laughs> Abbeville football. Um, my question would be that, but my question would be <laughs> I want to talk to the Powdersville coach. What happened? He was so no, no, here's what it was. We're Powdersville. They threw the ball first half. But why do you even throw the ball like they did second half? The drive that y'all didn't hear that we heard before we got back to the room or to the hotel was the drive where Abbeville kicks the field goal to tie it. Mm-hmm. That comes off an interse- two interceptions before that that led to that. Why are you throwing the ball if you're up that many points that late in the game? That was desperation all that was. And like I said, it, it couldn't happen to a better team. But I, I just wonder what his mindset is right now as he goes into money practice today at Powdersville because they got a tough game coming up yeah. on Friday. But I think Stan said it the best after the game was won was, what does this do for Abbeville? It's yeah. huge. I mean, it's well, and, and this is leading into Westside. You know, a big game for them. Uh, the only problems, and, and I really, I hate to say it's a problem, but from a coach's standpoint, Coach Nikonos have a lot to be proud of and a lot that they can bring out about that game. But how much of it is going to go in one ear and out the other ear of those players sitting there in that room thinking, Coach, we came back and won the game, you know, instead of taking what Jamie's trying to teach them. This is why we were behind 21. You know, we don't want to be behind 21. You've got to correct these mistakes, you know. And, and I don't know what they were. I'm just throwing it, you know, out. Well, linebacker, you know, we had you. You were supposed to be blitzing from the left, and you came from the right. And, you know, if you would have went to the left, you would have blown the play up. Why didn't you do what you're supposed to do? Why wasn't you in the right place? Who missed this block? Why did you lead out with your left foot guard when you know you're supposed to be leading out with your right? Why were you slide-stepping the wrong way? You know, there's so many things that he's going to bring out. But are those players going to be receptive to it and learn from it going into Westside? They should. But if it had been a loss, I guarantee you they would have. Huggins had a pretty good game for Powdersville throwing the football, and we know what's going to happen with Cutter Woods. But, but see, we always I mean, thought that, and we've said all along, that we felt like this is probably the best defense that Abbeville has been able to put up in a lot of years. And that their strength was going to come from that second half, the, the corners and the safeties. Uh, you know, Powdersville come out and throwing the ball, that might have been a little bit of a wake-up call. And we know what Cutter Woods is going to do to them. Yeah, I mean, they're they, they they yeah, they're not the same without Mr. Punkett at the running yeah. back. We 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 saw that firsthand last year, um, and what they've been able to do this year. It's going to be interesting to see those two go at it, and that's going to be. Um, and hopefully, it will be a good ball game. I, I, I think I it will. Wanna, be. I don't think it'll be a, a blowout win. But, but does this this win over Powdersville propel them to? I think it will help the championship them tremendously down the road. Here's what I want you to think about it. Coach Lane is a guy that's not going to sit back on his laurels, and he's not going to let Westside because they struggle with BHP. 
I don't know who won the game. BHP won. Okay, so they upset them. So there you go, Coach. That's This will not happen against Abbeville. They're not going to get up by whatever and then let it go, I'm telling you. Um, so with them losing that game, that's even worse for Abbeville. But, like I said, it's a game I guess you can probably sneak in and, and possibly win a game. Um, they are not the same team without Puckett. And I'm surprised there wasn't another running back there that we kind of offset losing him. Um, but, like I said, I don't know what practice I'd rather be at. Would you rather be, like you said, at Jamie's practice or be at Lane's practice at Westside? Because that loss to BHP, is going, it could affect us and you know down the road a little bit too because now he's mad and he don't know these boys because these ain't his boys. <laughs> these are Quinn Early's guys or Coach Early's guys, and he's going to be like, mm, I didn't choose you. So, you want to play, play. If you don't, I'll find some more. So, Well, let's talk about the game that you had mentioned, and that was Greenwood Christian because they were the other team that went into overtime, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, uh, in this one. They end up uh, falling 18-17, to 17, the final in this one, um, in the process, uh, you know, and – you know, penalties hurt and they kill you. We saw that with Greenwood, and we'll get into that when that end is up happening. But the Crusaders were able to convert a two-point conversion, much like Abbeville did, and, and secure the win And uh, in the process of all that. But Will Rooney, um, gosh, what has he done since he stepped in there? This is a team that we thought you know, went from the ground and pound, and now they're just basically opening up and, and letting it fly for the most part because uh, – um, you may mention uh, of Owen and, and the fact that he had caught, what, 253 yeah. yards yeah. in two games? In two games. In the process of all that. And, and a bunch th- of touchdowns. And then you add uh, Brady Anderson. He broke a record as well. He had three sacks on mm-hmm. Friday night, uh, setting that single-game record for Greenwood Christian School as well, previously held by Brent du- uh, Durham uh, against Williamsburg Academy back in 2019. So, uh, Oh, Brett. You know, th- <laughs> this, those two games were just fun to watch. The north side uh, – Greenwood Christian game, though, for the most part, uh, in my mind, was probably the better game because it was close throughout. It wasn't a tale of two halves. It was who's going who's gonna to move the ball for, for the most part because defense is ruled. Well, you know, we talked about last week about he just come in and just automatically went and broke Gage Tumbo's record. But that's not fair to Gage because they didn't throw the ball a whole lot back when he was the quarterback. They just didn't throw it. They ran the ball more. And so I think you're going to see that. I think – I think for the fans, what he's done is kind of like what we're we're expecting is going to happen. In Greenwood, yeah. Yeah. we're changing the format and a whole offense around, and and him to just come in and do it and it's been successful. They're going to love it. Uh, their record's going to be very a lot. Like I said, they've got a tough schedule because they got a lot of tough road games, and they got to go all over the world. Like I said, what was it, Charleston first game, Lexington last week. <laughs> so well, home last week, yeah. but against a team from Lexington, South Carolina. So I don't know who they got this week. And they host Spartanburg Christian this week. Okay, so there again, on Thursday, by the way, not a Friday game. There you go. Thursday. Well, they, victory field for all of those, you know, Greenwood and Emerald folk. There's going to be I have a Friday night game. Check them out. We're gonna, I'm going. Okay, <laughs> check them out. We got a podcast. Maybe set, set our table up over there. Why dude. not? We can do that. <laughs> set our table up. We can do that. Um, all right, let's talk about the uh, game of the week that we thought, and, and it turned out to be for at least a half, 96, taking on Ware Shoals. Um, 96 basically comes out and uh, does what they do. Ware Shoals uh, and 
Justice and what he was doing. They were, I mean, it was 20 to 9, 18 at halftime. And we were sitting there looking at the score going, gosh, it's just, it's, you know. It's what we expected. expected. It was, you know, a battle of offenses uh, going left and right and all that. All of a sudden, where Schultz can't get anything going in the second half. And uh, Wilson, Wilson County Sta- or Campbell Stadium just comes alive and erupts. Uh, and Zay King goes off for, what, 202 yards in the second half alone. Yeah, yeah, two, but and three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, but uh, what about? All right, let's talk. Well, we, we can talk about him. What about Carver Davis? He's he's, he's, he's replacing. He's, he's a quarterback. He's he ran the offense up. off. And like I said, without a hitch. Here's what you want if you're Braden Mitchell. I'm hurt. I can't play. Six out of eight, eighty-one yards, two touchdowns. That's perfect, Stan Spivey. That is just what you want as a backup coming in. No, no and, interceptions. And hope that you can do replicate oh, that yeah. this week to give your number one quarterback another, another week, week yeah. of resting and healing, and so that when he does come back, he's at a hundred percent. That solidified in the coach's mind what they may have thought all along that this is our number two quarterback, and we will be fine. If Braden goes down, we do have somebody that can replace him. And I think he showed it a little bit at the Emerald game. And then this just solidified that even more. That 96 team right now is a team with confidence. And that they can play anybody and beat anybody. So you you might not want to be next on their list. And like I said, if you are, then you you got to hope defensively you can turn it around against them yeah. because Braden's coming back. Yeah, but here's another thing, Stan, that helps him out is it's what we talk about when you have a backup quarterback in the game. He's got to be able to make the throws, but he's also the receiver got to have confidence in him. Yeah. And you had two brothers, by the way. You had um, Hackett, Gabe Hackett, and Jada Hackett. Uh, one had seven catches, six four yards, and two, and the other one had two catches, fifty seven yards, and two touchdowns. So I mean, they helped the kid out. They went to the ball. They did what they had to do, and just uh, they played a perfect game. I mean, it's like it's like. Coach said, Bennett said, this is my buddy here. I don't like playing against my buddy. And he said, I knew he would bring that kind of an effort from where Shoals. Uh, you had a guy like Justice Lomax, last week's player of the week, 21 for 102 touchdowns. That's and that's a workhorse-like Friday yeah. night, Stan Spivey, when you're not at home. Yep. And I'm more interested to see how this team rebounds, seriously, because they've got confidence as well now. I mean, we expected this with Braden Mitchell at quarterback. Yeah. Now we're going to see what's really going to happen. That's not mine. I know what mine is. <laughs> I'm worried about the, getting the water off mine. But, <laughs> but well, it's going to be fun to see. Um, uh, 96, they get uh, a tough test. They got to travel down, take on the Tigers down there in Saluda, uh, of all things. And uh, where Shoals, they get a bye, much like um, uh, Emerald had this week. So Barbie's in the house. <laughs> um, you know, the thing about that, now's when I think, Stan, I know what Coach Bennett's told me. Or what he's told Tom yeah. Carroll and what he's, you've heard him say. This is a game that you really have not been competitive in in several, several years. So now if Braden Mitchell goes to the doctor and the doctor says, you're a week better. But th- he didn't clear him yet. But let's say he does clear him, though. Yeah. I, I'm going to be from the side to let that kid play because I want to win the game. I know you got all the confidence in Carver Davis, but if, if Braden's daughter and, and, well, and the daughter, Coach Bennett's probably taking him to the daughter, so you know exactly what he said. Um, this would be a game if you could have Braden Mitchell against Saluda, 
that would be tough if you could play him and you've got to make the decision. Do I want him for the rest of the year? Or can we can we actually win this game and keep him healthy by running? Zay King would be the answer to this. We know Zay King can run the football. So if we could play a Mitchell with minimal passing and letting Zay King run it, then if you do throw it, you throw it to Zay King. You don't take the five set drops and you're not in the pocket very long. And you get rid of the ball. I just like I said, I want to see Coach Bennett because, like I said, I'm just going to be smiling and say, "Look, Coach." I, well, if it was, I believe if it was me, I would start Carver Davis. He's going I to. Believe, I believe he earned a start. He did with this win. He earned a start against. Okay, if you come out and are you and you're just totally overmatched by Saluda, then Mitchell never comes off the bench. If if you can keep mm-hmm. it close with Carver, and then. Okay, maybe you or you might get down one score or two scores and you feel like the team's just kind of going in the wrong direction and you need a pick-me-up or a spark plug, you may send Mitchell in there to run the same, just like you said. Mitchell, take the ball, turn around, and hand it off and get out of the way. Yep. Don't try to block anybody. Just get out of the way and uh, hey, we- see what happens. See if you can get that little spark that you needed. Maybe he throws a little quick out or something and, and get the spark going and get the team back in the game or ahead in the game. And then you can bring Mr. Davis back in after you give him a little bit of a rest and and talk with him a little bit about where things that was what you're saying as a coach on the field. Everything you said changed my mind. I mean, you don't even trust him out. Because <laughs> think about it. That was the one thing that I that we said going in. This kid's going to be playing quarterback. He's got to start. He don't have to worry about nobody behind him. It's his team for the week. So, if you are Coach Bennett, you do the same thing again. If he's not going to be able to play, put him in khaki shorts, whatever he looks good in on sidelines. And then Carver Davis knows, hey, it's my team again. I got to make him proud. See, I'm always about just disputing myself. but I can talk myself (laughs) out of anything. I was just saying, with it being Saluda and a game that's Jack been in forever. I understand it, but it's still, you know – We don't want to get the guy hurt any, right. anymore. And, right. and that's what it comes and, down and if, to. If that's what it comes every down to. day that – I mean, yeah, you feel bad for the kid because he is a senior. You want him to play every minute he can play. But at the same time, I want to look at his future. I want to see what he can do at the next level. Let's get him healed up. Let, let's – so what if we we're going to need him for region yeah, plays? What we're we're, that's what it's about. We get we get beat in this game. It's not going to hurt us anywhere. It'll give us some teaching moments, and let's don't get anybody else hurt. And Stan Savage, he wants him on sideline in Carolina again. I know what Stan said, but I, you're right. I mean, it's just a matter of I just would. I'd like to be a hundred percent going in Saluda just to see what ninety six really does have. When it's gone, and I'm yeah. not saying Car. You know what, Carver Davis may Carver, put. He hey, might man, be like hey, Brady hey, putting. He may, he big may boy pull, on the bench. He may pull out the big win. Yeah, yeah. and if he does, and you know what, Braden, you got to come out now. Let me ask you another question, real quick. Do you let him practice this week? Lightly, no contact. Light, yeah, and, and a lot of that's going to depend on what the doctor tells me. Yeah. So but you let him run, you yeah, let him run yeah. through his drills and, and everything else, where he's not full and, speed, maybe not full speed. I'm trying find, to keep playing. Yeah, you find out what the what, <laughs> what's going on. You trying to get the kid the in the ball game? <laughs> no, no, I, no, no. I just How I much like money the, you got bet on this game. Oh no, oh, that's one thing you ain't got to worry about. That's not no pro game maybe because those boys they earn theirs. But anyway, all right. 
Um, so uh, that should be fun next week. We'll talk yeah. about it uh, on Thursday. The other one, a big win for Calhoun Falls. I like what they had in the uh, Index Journal in the Calhoun Falls Mayor, uh, Mayor Holland, basically described Calhoun Falls' first win in 1,467 days against Thornwell. The Flashes win 40-13. to 13. But – Cam also put four years, so I didn't have to research it. <laughs> um, he, huge win, man. And look, Coach Theus, let me just say this, in his first year, or second year, excuse me, all the water that was on the back, he was like a duck buddy. He was shaking it off, and he's getting his team ready for this coming week. That was the best-case scenario that they played throwing another team that's restart, you know, starting their program over there after so many years. That's a huge win. It was one they need to have, and that's going to give them momentum. What do we always say, Stan? Winning brings consistent play. Yep. That's all you really need is a win to get you started. And I think they've got that. Having Kelly Bryant there is huge. Yeah, if you didn't see the article um, in the index, uh, go back and read you it. You need yeah. to go back and read yeah. it. It's awesome. I Kelly. learned a lot about Kelly. I didn't know. I told you. He played on the XFL championship team this year. So I think that was awesome. Uh, and now he's coaching his nephew or his cousin at quarterback, Kendrick Tatum. So – but like I said, just a just a great article, and like I said, big win for Coach Theus. And that that you know, I can remember back when Callum Falls, did, back when I was in high school, if we weren't playing somewhere or something, I can remember Callum Falls having the noise over Apple side. They were big back in that day. I mean, they they had that town came out supporting much like '96, much like where Shoals, and they are excited to get it back. I can tell you that. Yep. Well, they're going to face Tharnwell again this coming Friday night, this time at Fulmer Stadium. So it should be good. another good one, hopefully, for them. Well, there you are in that, what is it, we call it that 1A where you play it by three or four times. <laughs> and, point, and I feel bad for Thornwell because now the teams like Dixie McCormick, they're going to want to play them. Mm-hmm. But don't sleep on them because sooner or later they're going to come up and start playing some good ball. And you might have a totally different outcome Friday night. Right. Because it's a road game. Yeah. So there's just a lot of stuff like, the, the coaches, I'd like to be at some practices today, like Sam always is, like coach speak to the players. Um, now that they've won that game, I think the guys believe in themselves, and, it's, and I think they do. A lot of them are kidding each other. I didn't realize that until I started looking at the roster. So there are a lot of guys that are cousins on that team, and they're coming together. They're gelling. All right, good deal. Well, let's talk about the game that we were at. We traveled uh, the three hours and some down <laughs> to Sandy Creek to – Tyrone, Tyrone, Georgia is where we went. It's right there next to the airport, Uh, basically. I mean, I don't know how many times you couldn't hear what was going on in the field due to the fact that you had the big birds flying overhead. But uh, for the most part, this game, it it started out, and we were in this game. It was 28-7 at halftime. I know the store doesn't quite sound like it, but for the most part, we played really well with them in the first half. We played played well to be where we were. Well, I felt like – yeah. And and we talked about this a little bit before we went on. I looked at the game, and to me, of course, football's a three-phase game. I felt like Greenwood, for the, for the outcome of the game, we won the special teams. Now, I will give Sandy Creek the advantage of offense and defense, and two beats one every day of the week. But I will say that our defensive coaches – had the right play calls. We had people in position to make plays the whole game. Now, the later it went into the game, and I don't know if it was the travel for us coming down and then the heat on top of that because it was unbearably hot. And we started – we were in position to make plays. We just did not make them. We started arm tackling, reach tackling, uh, not moving our feet, and – 
and they beat us. Uh, now, I will say that uh, Lattimore, the number two, the little running back. Amari Lattimore, yeah. That's probably the fastest running back we've seen in a lot of years. I mean, you Since he's give got that, five division one. Yeah. You get you give that guy an inch, and he was taking a mile, and it didn't matter which way he went, left, but right, or up the middle. The best, <laughs> best play that the Greenwood defense has uh, was Kamari Griffin. Um, they did a little throw out uh, to Latimer, and Latimer caught it, turned around, and got nailed, nailed. immediately, and was just stunned. Yeah. Um, th- that he was stopped and moved backwards two yeah. yards. And Kamari couldn't quite – I mean, he hit him so hard, both of them bounced off of each other. Yeah. But then that was enough time for everybody else to get there and make the tackle. But Kamari Griffin was everywhere uh, during that opening half, and so he ended up being our player of the game. And when you've got an individual that puts up that kind of effort, it affects everybody else. And that's what we saw, particularly from the secondary. They, they only beat us on one pass. Yeah. The rest of the night, it was we couldn't stop the run. We were in position to make play, even with the runs. A lot of the runs, we were there where we needed to be, where we were supposed to be, where they were taught to be. But we started just reaching, and we wasn't wrapping up. And with those guys, as big and strong as they were, and we're going to run into other people. I don't think we'll ever see a back this season. That's as fast and as quick as Lattimore was. Or the quarterback. Uh, or in the quarterback. Yeah, per- person, I, mean, Pearson I don't just... think either one of them now. To, on the positive side, I mean, we did get the quarterback for some sacks. I mean, we got him five, ten yards behind the line of scrimmage. They never got to us that way. Yes, yeah, so because Williams had a good game for Greenwood. Well, you know, and, we, and our we, quarterback had a, a good yeah. game as far as Tristan, escaping and getting rid of the pressure. Yeah, Tristan was under duress from the – first second on the clock but he went through his progressions now our receivers weren't open but I think when we look at the game film we'll see that there were some windows that were there that Tristan being as young as he is just did not want to try to thread that ball through that needle and I feel sure Coach Liner's going to be on him today turn that ball loose the one he threw that Jaden caught and scored on he dropped that one in a mailbox. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it hit him perfect. And there should have been a pass offensive, um, a defensive pass interference called on the same play because their defender had Jaden by the arm and Jaden managed to get away from him, <laughs> keep his balance, stay inbound, and, and score. But the throw was perfect. You couldn't ask for any better. Uh, so we saw a lot of growth, and we knew we were going to have games like this with this new offense. Well, the thing that we, you know, you can't simulate in practice is right. speed. speed. And that's what we saw defensively and with the skilled positions Cohen's on offensively. But I, will, but I had a nightmare about Cohen. I thought he was attacking me. <laughs> but I will say that the, the, the Greenwood defense, we still, we've, we're still seeing it. We're playing Greenwood. We're hitting people hard. Mm-hmm. We're hitting them hard now. We just didn't finish some tackles Friday night, which I feel sure that coaching staff will correct that today. Oh, Zach, they're going to – Tom Butler, Zach, and they're going to be on the guys. To me, though, like you said, it came down to speed. Uh, I was more impressed with Latimer with his defensive play. He didn't play a lot of offensive plays at, at, at running back. I don't mean – Way more on the defensive how side. How many carries yeah. you had for him. But I had – you know, Pearson 7 out of 11 at quarterback. That's four missed – one was a pick. But, but like I said, you want, if, the, if you didn't get a chance to see the deer in headlights with Latimer and Kamari Griffin, go to Max Prep. 
and look at the Sandy Creek upload of it. And they'll show, they have a lot of videos in that game mm-hmm. that you can watch if you didn't see it. But that's one of them, and it's just like, you're right. He's like, oh, no. What just happened? What and just hit me? But the, the thing that you get that you <laughs> got to look at is. Where did that wall come from? And that's the thing. He looks up, and he sees a guy that's a lot smaller than him, and he's like, Wow, <laughs> this guy's full of punch. And that's what you're going to get from Kamari Griffin. Stan, I like what you said. We saw it first game against Florida where we didn't throw the ball deep down the field but one time. I think this offense now you're going to see open up a little bit more. He, every game we played so far, Jaden's had a long touchdown. If he throws the first game with the first long play, that would be another touchdown against Florida. That's what I want to see like coming up even Friday night against well, the Dorman. I think, I, I think we're seeing Tristan – being able to go through his progressions. Now the next thing that I want to see in his maturity and his growth in his offense is, when is he going to start throwing that cross across the middle where it is a tight window? And he might be, just being 14, he's just, he knows he's got an arm to do it. He knows it can be done. He probably does it in practice. But in a game situation, he just hadn't had the confidence yet. Let him hit one of those. And this offense will open up, and the game's going to slow down, and all of a sudden it's going to be five or six in the tight windows that these receivers are catching and making big yards out of, which is going to open it up for our backs with Tank and everybody else coming in. Uh, well, you I do have some wide receivers that do have good hands. Yeah. You got uh, Jaden Adams. You look at, at Bryce Seaborn. Um, Jay Duncan has caught some uh, unbelievable catches as well uh, in that first game. So well, you, got Seaborn, some, you got some Seaborn guys had a good it. catch in this game Friday night. Yeah. But his defense is great. Our, our, offense, our special teams. We showed again that we've got a team that can't flip the field on you if you hold us. Um, what you just he was said, under pressure when he did that. What, you, yeah. what you're saying is key because that's how Pinson beat us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you're talking about. Yeah. We got the pressure on, a little bit of pressure on, and he was able to hit that one right over the middle. And that speed, it kills. And once they took off past it, um, they were gone. And, I mean, that was more so what, like I said, I saw in the game. You didn't have a Latimer just come out and run for 300 yards. That didn't happen. Um, but you did see that little, what, as I would allude to them as dump passes. They're not dump passes when they're up over the middle uh, to avoid the, the secondary. They were a good 20 yards downfield. They were. So, and, I yeah. mean, so you really you can't really call them a dump. It's more of just a quick pass to them. You're right. And I think you see now that – because now, not only is Tristan Lewis getting confidence, Chris Liner's getting confidence, yeah. Coach Dean's getting confidence in him too, and you're going to see it maybe open up, and you're right, when it does, Roman, Romaine, however you say his last name, and Tank and the rest of that crowd are going to be the ones to benefit from it. Um, and like I said, I, I'm interested because, like I said, uh, we lost to a really tough team. And the one thing I will say is Max Preps thinks this is a 5A team if they played in South Carolina, and they even said it on there. They said Sandy Creek is a team that can play with Lexington, Dutch Fork, Gaffney, Gaffney a lot of these guys. And whether you want to believe it or not, go to Max Prep. But um, all in all, I mean, the, it was a long ride down. I'm, and let me give y'all both credit because I, I was outside. And, I mean, granted, I, the reason it's so hot down there, I'm going to tell you, it's that airport. Because <laughs> them jets are right over your head. I ain't no telling what we, kind of fumes we got thrown on us. Because, I mean, I was just ready to jump in the pool from the get-go. I tried to find a creek, but I couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, y'all did a great job. I don't know how you did it up there in that heat and Stan and Bill up there doing the, the stats and everything. And, like I said, that crowd wanted to get going so bad. They were ready to erupt. And, I mean, 
every time and now we're not on radio for the football game every time we got it down to that goal line we had a penalty that came out of nowhere it came out of a pocket but i mean i don't we know had, what, what three plays in a row that went there and then they were to the goal line yeah and i mean so when you're trying to get back into a game and you have penalties that take you off the goal line they back it up 15 or 20 then you go back to the goal lines they take it back 30 you go back to the goal line i mean it's you, you can't get any you know you know function to what you're trying to do you can't get any, any no momentum yeah going and i mean and with us in the press box and the offensive and defensive coaches in there with us now there were some divisions i mean it <laughs> was very little but there was a door open <laughs> in, very thin walls and you know we were looking at where did that flag come from what was that call and the coaches next to us were the same way yeah, you know no and, and a lot of the times and i with the boys in breakfast this morning, I said, you know, we would have a, a, an offensive play where we would run the ball to the left-hand side of the field or throw it to the left-hand side of the field. And we're making – and we'd get – make some yardage off of it, you know, seven, eight yards. All of a sudden, we're looking down at on, over here on the right-hand side at the boundary. They got a holding on a wide receiver. That's not even near. That wasn't even close. It's 50 yards away from him. Yeah. That was my problem with it. And then we had the mysterious face mask on one. Uh, We did punch the ball out for a fumble, and (laughs) we could not figure out how Greenwood did not recover that ball. And Grayson did say it did not go out of bounds. So – all we do is learn from mistakes. They got the home cooking, yeah. and I mean, we're repping and everything. I don't, you know, I don't mind being. <laughs> um, but the thing was, that took us all our momentum was shot. Then I'd like to have seen if we could have took that first one down, scored, kicked off, held them, came back down because we moved the ball. Mm-hmm. That's we what were, was yeah. we were moving and the we ball, were stopping them from moving the ball. And like I said, the only thing that was stopping us, and I don't think Coach Liner ever got an explanation for any of it. No, because the poor he, guy he was like this the, the guy, whole time. He talked to the he, and he tried to talk to the official right there beside him, and the official just gave him that Stonewall Jackson look. Just just wouldn't talk to him and yeah. would not say a word to him. And Chris is just saying, you know, I want to know. I want to know who the player was. What number did you call holding on? He's on this side of the field. You the one threw the flag. What number was it? I need to know. I mean, and the guy, the only thing he had to do was turn around and say, well, that was on 26, coach, or 85, mm-hmm. or whatever the number was. That's the only thing that he had to say. The officials meet each other. They they have a, yeah. they have a brunch every time they meet about a flag. So it's not like the, that guy that didn't know, he's acting like he was Samuel L. being cool All on right. the sideline. But <laughs> anyway, we got a big game coming up Friday. We got Dorman coming in. Let's have a great week of practice, which I know we will, and get ready for Dorman. I mean, they had a really tough game against North Augusta. So. Yeah, they ended up winning yep. against North Augusta. Yeah. Um, of course, Dorman did lose to Greenville in the week zero portion of it, and then Greenville got beat by T.L. Hanna. So there's a lot of play going on in this non-region stuff, so we'll have to end up seeing what happens. We'll talk about it on Thursday. Check top ten out when you go when you go back today and just look at top ten of what I'll flip from first week, second week. <laughs> it's going to flip again. That's all it is, yeah. I mean, big <laughs> win for Chapman. I mean, that's a huge win yeah. there. Got a big win there so, over Burns. Over Burns. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about it all next for this Thursday. Hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, come by, see the good folks here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. That's Chris Cox, the coach, Stan Spivey. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. <laughs>